Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning, 7.30 on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee along with Tom Keene. Got to note this. Uh, you probably heard the news, Staples and Office Depot abandoning their merger. A federal judge last night siding with the Justice Department antitrust folks who challenged the combination of those uh, office suppliers. It was a $6.3 billion deal. Now it's nothing. And you do not want to be an Office Depot shareholder this morning in the pre-market. Shares down 37%. Staples shares off by 14%. Toyota. Toyota says annual net income is probably going to decline for the first time in five years. They are blaming the yen, currency swings that spurred their record profits, now posing stiff headwinds. Toyota shares in Japan finishing down by three-quarters of a percentage point. They're down uh, 2.6% in pre-market trading for the U.S. ADRs. And Takata, uh, the airbag people, they say they're going to make money this year, even uh, though they're still potentially on the hook for billions of dollars in costs related to its defective airbags. They say they'll make 13 billion yen currency translation at the moment, 119.6 million dollars for their fiscal year that ends in March. No concern about uh, the uh, ongoing concern question. They say they'll uh, take steps to save money if they need to. Let's check in with Michael Barr now and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael. Mike, thank you very much. Bernie Sanders won the West Virginia Democratic primary. However, Hillary Clinton still has a commanding lead. Clinton's comments in March didn't help her win support in the coal mining state. Clinton, during a town hall in Ohio, said that we are going to put a lot of coal miners and coal companies out of business. Meanwhile, Vice President Joe Biden came close to giving an endorsement to Clinton during an interview with ABC News. I feel confident that Hillary will be the nominee, and I feel confident she'll be the next president. Today may be the last day in office for Brazilian President Dilma Rousseff. After a long debate, the Brazilian Senate is scheduled to vote to force Rousseff out and into an impeachment trial. At least 45 people have been killed today in an attack in a mostly Shiite neighborhood in Baghdad. The Islamic State has claimed responsibility. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike? Thank you, Michael. Now time for the... Uh Land Rover Parsippany, Bloomberg NBC Sports Update with John Stasha. All right, Mike, Mets and Dodgers in L.A. Dodgers scored twice in the first inning. Mets with two in the second. Stayed tied until Trace Thompson, whose brother Clay stars for Golden State in the NBA, won it for the Dodgers. 3-2, a pinch hit walk-off home run off Hansel Robles in the bottom of the ninth. Mets had only five singles all night. Yankees made it 4-5 to five on the homestand. They outscored Kansas City 10-7 to seven despite three home runs by the Royals' Lorenzo Cain. The last of which came in the eighth inning to tie the game. The Yanks came right back with three in the bottom of the eighth. Aroldis Chapman got his first Yankee save. He hit 100 on the gun 12 different times. Bit of a surprise in the NBA. Oklahoma City won game five at San Antonio 95-91. The series is now 3-2 Thunder going back to OKC for game six tomorrow. Steph Curry, MVP again. First ever win it unanimously. Another postseason disappointment for the Washington Capitals. Best team in hockey all year long. They were down 3-0 last night, rallied to force overtime, but lost 4-3. Pittsburgh wins the series 4-2. The Penguins will play Tampa Bay in the East Finals. With the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update, I'm John Stashevich. 
Thank you, John. Uh, we are keeping an eye on, uh, as I mentioned, the Office Depot Staples merger that has now been called off. Office Depot shares down 37 percent. Staples shares off 16 percent in the pre-market. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene. Along with those office suppliers being down, uh, general futures are down. S&P futures off by three points, two-tenths. Dow futures off 41. That's also a two-tenths decline. Europe's down. Stock 600 off by two points. That translates into seven-tenths on that index. Time now for the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report, brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, investing more than $110 million a year in applied research to solve problems and improve life. Learn more at storiesofinnovation.njit.edu. Edu. Here is Bob Moon. Michael, good morning. Here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math for investors contemplating prospects for the smartphone market after a shaky earnings report from Apple. A series of disappointing earnings reports from Asian suppliers just provided a few hints. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Earnings from three suppliers that work behind the scenes to make devices sold under the brands of better-known customers suggest trouble ahead for smartphone makers and other companies that once thrived on mobile mania. Europe's Airbus is working on developing a launcher to send many satellites into orbit, according to people familiar with the project, a move that would pit it against the likes of Virgin Galactic and Rocket Lab. The Toulouse-France-based company is working on a project to build a commercial launcher for small satellites used for Earth exploration, defense and security, weather forecasts, and Internet connections. And modern science brings us something new, synthetic spider silk. Later this year, outdoor gear retailer North Face will offer shoppers at its store in a posh fashion district in Tokyo a special environmentally friendly version of its existing Antarctica parka made out of a super strong material that mimics the properties of spider silks. The maker uses genetically altered microorganisms, feeding them sugar to mass produce the silk protein that shows up in spider webs, then refines the stuff into flexible but strong thread. That's this morning's Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. That North Face jacket, by the way, Mike, is going to sell for $1,000, and I guess I need to get one. They're calling it the Moon Parka. Oh, yeah. that's If you name it after you, then <laughs> well, they should be giving you one free. I'm not impressed, though, because I saw um, Captain America over the weekend, uh-huh. and, and uh, Spider-Man explains that he invented that, uh, uh-huh. the artificial silk. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I don't know if they can claim credit for it. It's clearly <laughs> Peter Parker's idea. Royalties coming up. Bob Moon, thank you very much. Uh, we're talking about how it is uh, that you manage funds in a an environment like we have uh, been experiencing this year with extraordinary volatility and low volume at the same time. Norm Barsma is a chief investment officer for Templeton's Global Equity Group up here from Nassau in the Bahamas, and I guess it's at least, at least you can walk outside there and, uh, on a bad day and say, well, yeah, but it's really nice out here. And <laughs> even though we lost money, you know, yeah, the weather got the beach. up for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, let me just quickly ask you, because I was looking this up, um, Office Depot getting killed on this, um, on this uh, Justice Department decision. Uh, as of the end of the year, Franklin owned 
uh, a fair amount of shares of it. Did, did you get out of that before this? That would be another part of Franklin, so not our group. But, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure exactly where they uh, they stand right now in terms of the ownership. Is it yeah. frustrating when stuff like that happens, when you think you have a good play and then an ex- what economists call the exogenous event happens? Yeah, we. I mean, we've definitely owned ones where we thought the merger was going through and, and it didn't. Um, we make sure that we like the two companies or the, at least the one that we own just in case that happens. And, uh, but it's a, a much quicker and easier way to uh, to make some profits than, you know, waiting the long term out and, and, uh, and seeing the thing fall apart and then having to start all over again. This has been an exogenous year. Mm-hmm. Um, Active managers, according to um, the, the data our guys have put together in the first quarter, uh, fell behind benchmarks by the most in years. Yeah. Uh, what do you do in that situation? What do you tell your clients? We keep on double-checking, triple-checking what we do over and over again. I mean, we've always done that, and that was something that John Templeton always did. So it's remain flexible, check what you're doing. Um, but there are some underpinnings that we have, being value managers that uh, we stick to. Uh, and then you just have to ride out some of these times. I mean, it tends to not go on forever, but uh, this particular run has been a long one in terms of value underperforming. And it's been a, it's been an original run, Norm. I, I think what is so important to understand is the originality of of where we are and dealing with outflows and inflows and the rest of it. Within that, you've made a bet on the banks. Mm-hmm. And some people they like the banks, they don't like the banks. But so much of it, getting back to Sir John's work, is just the understanding that book value will increase. Mm-hmm. What is your confidence that the banks you've chosen? We'll see growing book value. I mean, we have a mix of banks. So we have banks in both the U.S. and and in Europe. Uh, Within Europe, which is the bigger of the bets, as you said, the valuations are unbelievably cheap. We're back to 2008, 2011-type levels, levels that you hadn't really seen before. Uh, And you've seen basically the balance sheets being reconstituted so that mm-hmm. the, the governments have forced them to raise capital. So they're in good shape in terms of the balance sheets. And then, as you say, it's a question of growth. And we are seeing growth starting to come back. They're fighting right. a bit of a, a wall in terms of the negative interest rates. Do you have confidence that the European banks will clear markets and see increasing book value? They are starting. I mean, there's a couple things going on. One is the underlying loan businesses, which are sort of slowly chugging along. You've seen loan growth pick up in Europe. The other part is a restructuring on the investment bank side. And, you know, that's been sort of death by a thousand cuts. And, and there are long ways along in sort of fixing fixed income businesses, et cetera. Uh, but that's really been more of the headwind for a lot of the banks than yeah. actually the underlying businesses. This is a joy, Mike. This means that we'll be in the Bahamas the third week of June. January. Yeah, well, wouldn't I like that? Here in our studios. He is with Templeton, Franklin Templeton, Norman Bursman. We'll continue. Futures negative four, Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by National Realty. 30% returns on cash in rented real estate. Find them at nria.net. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. 
And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 85 years. Learn more at ADR.org. Staples and Office Depot abandoning their merger after a federal judge sided with U.S. antitrust officials who challenged the combination of the two largest office suppliers, saying it would create an unrivaled giant. We're watching shares of the two retailers this morning. Office Depot down 36.5%. Staples down 16.5% in early trading. European equities also falling for the first time in three days, and U.S. stock index futures are declining as banks and energy producers slide. Shares of raw material companies are rallying as metal prices climb. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures down four points. Dow E-mini futures down 45. NASDAQ E-mini futures down nine. The DAX in Germany is down eight-tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury little change yields 1.75 percent. NYMEX crude oil up two-tenths percent or nine cents to 44.74 a barrel. COMEX gold up 1.1 percent or $13.60 at 12.78.40 an ounce. The euro $1.1397. The yen 108.70. Walt Disney is down 5.2% this morning after posting profit that missed estimates and said it will shut down its Infinity video game division. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, thanks so much. Benino looking for Haglund going to the goal. Haglund gets to it, goes around near corner to Kessel in the slot. 30 shot by Haglund. It goes off a volley and in. It's over. The Penguins, Nick Benino may have touched it. And the Penguins have won this game in overtime at the 6.32 mark. And ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has just left the building. And all the President's Trophy men couldn't put Humpty together again. There it is, the call from Pittsburgh. A great game. Michael McKee, it was great how the Capitals came back. I mean, for our global audience, this was an extraordinary sports event. Well, you're not going to make anybody in Washington feel better about that <laughs> at this point. They just know that once again they lose in the second round, and yeah. once again it's uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins who are their tormentors. For, for those uh, from Nassau, Bahamas, who are going, what? Uh, no, the basic no, no, idea is, is, Norm is from Toronto. Well, Norm is from Toronto. We've been discussing and, and this. He had to uh, move the, the Maple Leafs were so bad he had to move the Bahamas. He, was, he, <laughs> he, he tells me no, that, no that one of the great perks of living in the Bahamas is the cable system was set up by a Canadian. He can watch all the games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have to worry. Well, there it is. But it was great sport. Of course, Pittsburgh moves great on. Great sport if you're from Pittsburgh. Mr. Ovechkin. <laughs> everybody in the hockey world's thoughts go out to the great Russian, uh, Mr. Ovechkin, who uh, deserves, uh, Baseball season deserves to do better. Baseball season. <laughs> so there, Norm Burisma, uh, that does speak to the great shock of the last year, which is commodities. Of course, Canada, your Canada, mm-hmm. hugely commodities. And Sir John Templeton years ago uh, doing an awful lot in commodities. Can you be long commodities? I think you have to be selective. So, you know, energy we like, and we think that part of the solution there is just the lack of capex because of the cash flow disappearing. Um, with combined with the decline rates in the fields, fixes the problem much sooner than problems in in areas like iron ore, where you've had an awful lot of supply and there is no decline rate, and it just takes an awful lot longer for demand to catch up with the, the supply overhang. Uh, so we're, we own a number of the commodity stocks. We own a lot of the energy stocks, and uh, we're being quite selective. You, you don't 
dash in and out. I mean, you no. buy and hold. Yeah. So you must be thinking in energy that uh, the disruption we've seen over the last year is a one-time thing and that once prices normalize, uh, they're going to stay that way. We're not going to see this kind of wild swing for some time. I mean, I think we're going to continue to see swings in energy prices, but we'll have an opportunity, we think, for the stocks to rally as energy prices go back up, and that will be our exit point. So, you know, some some areas you may be holding a stock for five, ten years, I'm going to guess, with energy. Uh, it'll be shorter than that. Um, but, you know, energy prices, um, they're starting to pick up already, and we think they probably somewhere in the 60 to 80 range would be sort of equilibrium, where you're basically getting returned to the marginal producer on the capital being put in. What else uh, What else do you like? Well, let me ask you, since Franklin Temple is known for its work around the world, uh, what countries, if any, stand out at this point? You know, it, we, we tend to come at it from the stock perspective, so um, we're not really looking at it from, uh, hey, we really like this country or dislike this country. Having said that, uh, the U.S., even though it's by far the largest country position in the portfolio, we're quite underweight, and that's just a, a question of when you look at the valuations overall, it's more difficult to find stocks in the U.S. and in places like Europe where people clearly are, are not too happy about what's going <laughs> on, and that, that tends to be the opportunity. Um, so we, you know, we own a lot of healthcare stocks. We own a lot of energy stocks. We own disproportionately more in Europe than we would in the U.S. When you look at the underlying businesses, the European companies are very similar to the U.S. companies in terms of what they're doing and where the earnings are coming from, etc. But they trade at discounts, so that uh, makes sense to us. We we have Norm in our lives four or five incredibly formative meetings. I had one of those when I was maybe 23 maybe 24, with a guy named John Templeton in mm -hmm. Toronto, set up by John Galbraith, the, the wonderful John Galbraith. And Sir John emphasized then, as he did through all of his career, that you can be dead on, but everybody will catch up with your fad. Everybody mm -hmm. will catch up with the theme where it becomes consensus and then fails. What's the theme now that Sir John would be most concerned about? I think it's the the TMT-ish type nature of, you know, the fangs, et cetera. I think he would look at that as really worrisome. I think bonds, fixed income, he would look at as, as something that sort of run its course. How about the cult of dividend growth? The cult yeah, of, and the, of the staples and those types of stocks in the market as well. I mean, they're, you know, utility staples tend to be trading as bond proxies. Uh, so I think that would fall into that bond yeah. category, that worry. Um, you know, so there are definitely things going on in the markets that uh, that he would worry about. The uh, the, the um, folks on our stocks team put together, well, they using some Bank of America data, um, a uh, an interesting chart that shows that basically the only people buying stocks these days are companies buying back their own shares, mm -hmm. which, if a company thinks it's undervalued, would fit into your uh, your category. Um, mm -hmm. Do you look at – is that one of the things that you would screen for is somebody who's got a buyback program in place? Or does that worry you because they can't make money uh, and so they fall back on this? Uh, that's a difficult one. So, I mean, we look for cash flow. So we, we like companies that generate cash and that, you know, to some extent ends up in the dividend. But the other way, they return the cash to shareholders. If not buying things, they're returning it via share buybacks. And, 
you know, if you have a company that's buying shares back that, you know, if we're looking at it saying this is more a company we would sell because of valuation, then them buying it back isn't necessarily a good way to return capital to the shareholders. So, you know, every situation is somewhat different. But, you know, a lot of the growth nowadays in the markets is, you know, companies are very profitable, mm. they're returning cash, and they're doing it that way. So you get earnings growth out of it. So, you know, the market tends to be uh, paying for that. Is is Europe a value trap, or is there uncommon value there, given the, the politics <laughs> and Brexit and all the rest of it? I'm uh, hand on heart hoping that it's not a value trap. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you put your money where your Europe is. <laughs> yeah, where Europe is. Um, yeah. I think there are areas in Europe that are, you know, it's all about growth. So it's about is Europe going to come back and grow? And we, we think that the earnings are depressed and that they have more potential to grow earnings overall than, you know, the U.S., for instance, um, from a lower base. Uh, but there are definitely areas, you know, within banking. So we own banks, but there's areas within banking that we'd stay away from. Um, you know, we own lots of healthcare and energy stocks, but we don't own all of them. So we think some of them are, are fairly valued. Um, but overall, there are a lot of good values there and a lot of companies that aren't just mm -hmm. European in terms of where they're, they're doing business. What is the new theta for, for investors? My guess is with financial repression, with new terminal value, with new potential GDP, that, that the old idea of a three-year view, a five-year view, has become a five-year and a seven-year view. Is, is the new long-term a longer-term? Yeah, and I mean the debate that we have is, you know, what's the right – sort of target in terms of return expectation, and I think that falls into the same same question. Uh, and, you know, we we tend to look for stocks that we think can double over five years, so very much a mm -hmm. kind of buy things at half of what they're worth type of approach. Uh, and the question is, is that too ambitious in an environment where, where economic growth is uh, – is much lower, and the conclusion we come to is it's probably be a bit ambitious, but you still want to, you know, go yeah. for good absolute return. I'm sure you got eight things to do in New York. Thank you so much for yeah, coming thank in. Thank you, Norman Bersman with Franklin Templeton, the Bahamas. Uh, we might point out, which is where John Templeton set up his camp for. Uh, it seems like half a century, not quite that long, but nevertheless, how how are the Bahamas doing? Quickly, Norman. Uh, struggling a little bit. There's a large hotel complex that hasn't been finished that uh, was supposed yeah. to be sort of the engine of growth, and they're still they're still fighting about it. It's in foreclosure, and uh, we're okay. hoping that it gets finished, but not yet. Norm, thank you so much. Mike, what do you have? Uh, no, I'm just uh, I'm just uh, trying to figure out what it'll cost us to get to the Bahamas. <laughs> I like that. Very good. Very good. Well, what we think is cheap, our boss may not. Well, you know, JetBlue, where are you? <laughs> Michael McKeon, Tom Keen. Uh, bonus round, another hour of Bloomberg Surveillance Futures, negative four.